Kia ora and welcome to this episode of the Samson Says Podcast. Ko Aida and I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who is listening. My guest tonight is a proud Taranaki man who is married to his Horanga Tira Ari and his father to their seven beautiful children. He is well known locally for his tireless mahi within the Taranaki League community and is a former operations manager for Taranaki Rugby League. Educated at Atotipene and Francis Douglas Memorial College, he has also held a position as rugby administrator at Spotswood College. He and his whanau spent 14 years living in Aussie, and he spent 17 years working as a scaffolder rigger, working in the mining, petrochemical and offshore industries, working on various construction and maintenance sites across Australasia. Having moved his whanau back to Taranaki seven years ago, he now currently holds the position of Kaitiaki Wenua Ranger, where he is based at the New Plymouth Department of Conservation. It's a new and unique position that has been created thanks to a blossoming partnership between DOC and Taranaki Iwi. After two years and the completion of his training, he will then take his skills and knowledge back to the Iwi and use them to look after the 30 cultural sites returned to the group as part of its 2015 Treaty of Waitangi Settlement. Fano, it's my pleasure, privilege, in honour to introduce to the Samson Says podcast, Mr. Wayne Kepper. Kia ora, brother. How are you? Kia ora, bro. How is it, my man? All good? Yeah, all good. All good. Mean, bro. Hey, um, first of all, I just want to say thank you for coming in, bro. We were supposed to meet up last night, um, and then I had a little bit of a good idea uh, of getting you on the podcast, bro. You were always going to be someone that I asked to come on, uh, but it was going to be but it's sooner rather than later, and that's a good <laughs> thing, bro. Um, lockdown, bro. How was it for you and the whanau? Yeah, it was cool. Eh? I um actually really enjoyed it. I yeah. uh, I enjoyed the time just away from the busy world that there is, eh? And just just some some time with the whanau, you know, without any you know that hectic stuff that goes on in life and being busy and so different, um, so many different uh, community groups and whatnot. You know, it was, it was just good to have family time. Yeah. Um, and personally, on a personal level, just to kind of reflect and. You know, um, just have a have a you know look at how we do things and stuff like awesome, that, and bro. just yeah, just reshape things a bit, eh? Yeah, kind of may help you, you know, helped us kind of yeah, just see things a little bit differently. Yeah, so I really enjoyed it. It was awesome. Mean bro, and did so. How long were you off mahi for? I actually worked all the way through. Oh yeah, sweet. But, but I worked from home, so that was different. That was quite hard, you know, being in front of a computer day in day out yeah. instead of being out in the ngāiti. So yeah, that was a bit different. Um, so it's quite quite you know. It's quite physically demanding, eh, being in front of a computer. Oh, yeah, I can imagine all that day, is. every day, compared to being in the bush. So, yeah, that was quite taxing, but it was awesome. It was Me, awesome. Bro. Got through a lot of lot of my uh, the stuff I probably normally normally wouldn't get through. So, do chores around the, the house? Yeah, mate. What, not? Yeah, always. Every so, day. how many of the kids at home, bro? Ah, uh, well, yeah, we've got there's one, two, three, there's four, four, four. at home now. Yeah. And how did they sort of handle lockdown and and also Ari as well? Ah, uh, yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. No, no, they're all good, eh? Yeah, you know, my son's on the games and Oosh. they got the games, so they're into their games. And no, it was all good. Yeah, it was all good. Just, just low key, you know. Low Primo, key, bro. Yeah, nice and cash. No, so everyone's, um, you know, experience through lockdown was different, and you know, good to get your perspective on it as well, mm. bro. So upbringing, bro. Tell us about your whanau, the school, you, schools you went to. Obviously, I mentioned. Uh, Hato Tipene and Francis Douglas, sport you played, 
give us a rundown of what uh, Wayne Kepper is all about, bro. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, so I was um I was born in Bondi, Bondi, oh, Australia. True. Yeah, New South Wales, Bondi Bullet. Yeah. Um, so mum and dad met over there. Dad thought he bumped into an Aussie Aussie uh, Aussie chick, but now nah, she's she's from South Auckland. So true. Uh, yeah, so born over there, and uh, we moved home. I think I was about three months old. Oh, gee, yeah. yeah, moved back. Dad built a whare for us in um, in Inglewood. Yep. So Cornini Street. I was raised in Cornini Street till I was about uh, about eight years old. Went yep. to Inglewood Primary. Played my first um, uh, my first rugby club was Inglewood Rugby Club. Hey. Yeah, uh, back in the days, and then we moved into town at eight years old, uh, and went to St Joseph's Primary. Yep. <clears throat> so yeah, St Joseph's Primary Primary with the same year as Conrad Smith and that, and Jeez. yeah, through through um through primary school at St Joe's, um, lived in a few places in New Plymouth, ended up in South Road, which was our, our homestead up there, across from Spotswood College. Yep. Uh, so brought up there and went from St Joseph's to Devon Intermediate, and then um, Devon Intermediate to Francis Douglas, and then um, finished out finished my schooling at, at St Stephen's. So what year did you go to how to tip in there, bro? In '98. Yep. So I was um. Yeah, fifth form at Francis Douglas, and I done second year fifth, and went to Tipeni. Uh, I was only there for a short time, unfortunately. Mum and Dad um, uh, split, yep. and and so I moved. Dad asked if I'd move to Aussie with him, and that's when I moved over to Aussie when I was sixteen. Straight yeah, up, yeah, yeah. So it's a bit, a bit because I always wanted to go to Hato Tipeni. I always, I loved everything about yeah. what that school kind of bought with the rugby and culture. Is that where Tama Tweedonghi yeah, went as well? Yeah, yeah, he was there before me, yep. a little bit earlier than me. So finally got to go there in their mum and dad's, but so oh. it was a bit, bit of a shame. But I'm um, still always got a soft spot for the school. Yes, yeah, so I loved it there. So yeah, that's pretty much my schooling. And then as a kid, I was um, obviously playing rugby when I was younger. I got into a bit of league too once I kind of got to intermediate age. Yep. Um, but my main sport was actually BMX when I was a kid. Oh, straight up, bro. Yeah, so... So you knew Calvin from front runner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we used to go all around New Zealand with them. Uh, me, Ruka, yep. Demoana. Reeks? Was, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, Corey Niwa. Jeez. Uh, yeah, so we all used to do BMX. Wario Carroll, we all used to do BMX together when we were kids. So that was our main main sport. So. But I remember going to um to Regan's buddy, um, you know, through the 90s, and we'd go to his place, and holy shit. Trophies. All the trophies, yeah, bro. Yeah. I was like... It's pretty mean. You get heaps. I got like I got <laughs> shit loads at home. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It was a good sport. But I um I had an accident. I come third in New Zealand. I had an accident at the nationals um in Wellington, and I was I was, I was kind of up the front of the in the final. I was up the front, and I kind of come around a corner and, and got taken out, and my chain snapped. Oh, and I kind of I took it quite hard, eh? So yeah. Asked mum and dad, I said, I don't want to do it anymore. So I kind of pulled out and just focused on footy. What, just the mental aspect of, yeah, yeah that, yeah, that affects was, you more than the physical, yeah, mum just, Yeah, yeah, I was just ah, gutted. How old were you? When, when you trained so hard, I would have been probably 11 then. Jeez. Yeah. So I started when I was five, BMXing, I think. So, we, I mean, you're a tall dude, bro. We we tall, as an 11-year-old, you've, you've sort of uh, shot up later. Nah, uh, shot up a bit later. Yeah. yeah, I was a bit shorter then. But I really loved the BMXing, but... um. Yeah, I just kind of hurt my confidence when I was a bit of, you know, when I was young because I trained so hard for it. So I just kind of, yeah, gave it up after that. Yeah. yeah. I but, think uh, Ruka is, young boy's into it as he's well. He's into it now, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah which is awesome to see because, yeah, Ruka was hard out into it when he was younger. Man, yeah, bro. Yeah. So we still keep in touch. So we've, we've actually, um, we've talked about one day trying to have a race. Have a race. <laughs> you know, like, 
So I know like me and Corey and Rook have said, Fine, one day we've got to do it. Yeah, Nathan Wilson, all the boys, we want to get together and have just have a race for a laugh. Oh, that'll be mean, eh? So yeah, hopefully one day. <laughs> oh, primo, bro. No, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, how did you find school, bro? Did you enjoy it? Did you? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed my time at St. Joseph's. My best years were probably at Devon. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of, you know, intermediate years. That's yeah, when you bro. start finding out about things. things. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, but I, I probably, um, my lifelong friends come from Devon. Yeah. Like all us boys, like they're all over the world now. Most of most of our, our tight-knit mates. Um, but, yeah, Devon's where I kind of made my lifelong friends from Devon. So I really loved it at Devon. Yep. Francis Douglas, I, I didn't mind Francis Douglas. It was like I had mates there, good mates yeah. there. But the, the school itself, I didn't. Yeah, not, didn't really, didn't really dig it. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, a little bit of an odd one there, but um, and I and I, yeah, I just I don't think I was really focused and I wasn't really into it. Yeah. I didn't really enjoy it. So how can you went there as opposed to Spotswood or Boys Eye? Oh, all my bros went to Spotswood, yep. and my mum and dad were like, "No, we want education for you. Oh. you send me to Francis Douglas. You're going to get in trouble with the boys." Bro, how did that affect you? Like knowing that you were going to be separated from your bros though that, that early. Um, it, it was yeah. I, I still hung out with them, so like I'd come straight from school, go straight to my bros' house, yeah. you know. Like, so it didn't really affect me too much. I was just at school, yep. you know, like just in a different environment at school. And I had mates at Francis Douglas, yeah, too, yeah, so. yeah. So it was all good, but I just yeah, when it come to the education stuff, I just wasn't focusing, you know, like oh, tell me about and, and it like looking back, you know, like apparently my son who went there said that they still use me as an example. One of the teachers uses me in as, as an example not to be like oh. <laughs> and this was only like five years ago. How harsh is that? Yeah, so oh. I was like but I just had no focus. I was I just love rugby league. Do you know who that teacher is? Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. Mr. McMorrin. And he, have you seen him since? Or? I've never seen him since. Yeah. Ah, this guy. Yeah. But ah. I just, yeah, I just thought I wasn't interested eh, at school. Yeah. But then when I got to Tipani, loved it. Loved it there. It was really, really awesome. Just had everything, you know. We used to wake up, train every morning, run the Bombay Hills, train after school, clean the school up. It was like good environment. Yep. So I was stoked once I got there. But then, yeah, mum and dad split up and I ended up over in um, Queensland. I went to um, high school over there, a uh, high school called Capellava High School. Yep. And I was there for probably about nine months. Yep. And then I just got on the workforce. Oosh. But it was quite, here's, here's one for you. It's quite funny. I, I went to St. Stephen's and then to Capellava. And there's another guy that played for the Wallabies that did exactly the same as what I did, Jeremy Paul. Straight up, so bro. He, he went to Tipani and then his family moved to... Um, and he went to Capella High School too. Shit. I was like, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Out of it, eh? Yeah, yeah. Jeremy Paul. Yeah, Jeremy Paul, the old hooker. The old hooker, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we'll touch on that later because yeah. I want to ask you what you think about. And it's awesome to see them, but Kiwi's playing representing Australia. Yeah. And you mentioned Corey Newe, and obviously he was in the yeah. in the Sevens program. So we'll look at that a little later on, bro. Yeah, cool, bro. But that's awesome. Bro, basically, um, we'll get into how we got in, yeah, yeah. In, interacting, you know, and, yeah. and, and we had a bit of a chat. Via Facebook, mm. um, we you know obviously recent interaction on social media was pertaining to what's going on currently in Aotearoa regarding the removal of racist street names, statues, or monuments from our country's history. Now, in that interaction, you mentioned you said you went into all this online chat that public quarter was near to Kanohi Kitakanohi, and that you were happy to chat in person. Now here we are, cuz yeah, cool. bro, it's awesome, man. Mm. Um, now, to give those listing a bit of context, I'll read the text from my post and the initial reply from Caps. Um, and just so that you know, my text accompanied the McDonald's logo. Mm. 
So here's what <laughs> I said. Does anybody want to join me in pulling the sign down later on tonight? The Golden Archers, Ronald McDonald and Grimace are responsible for crimes against my waistline. I know that once it's pulled down, I will be fit and healthy again and will be able to perform two four-minute lip-sync routines in a row. Obesity, heart disease and diabetes cause major health issue complications amongst Māori. But I know pulling the sign down will make all that go away. Right, I'm off to the gym so I can enjoy a Big Mac hunger buster later on. Then I saw your reply, bro, and it was like I'd been told off by my older cousin. <laughs> <laughs> but here it was, bro. Bro, you're taking the piss now. Although street signs and statues of oppression might not affect you, they might affect others. Show some compassion for others, bro. This crap's getting out of hand. What made you reply in the way you did, bro? And did you also see what I posted earlier in that day? Let me know how you felt mm. as soon as you saw what I posted, bro. Yeah, I suppose there was a um, there was a bit of a workup of things. Um, obviously, it wasn't. Um, so you mean other posts that I that I posted uh, or that you'd seen no, that that I've seen some of yours, but not just yours, just the whole all the stuff that's going on in the world at the moment. Yeah, and I kind of had enough. Yeah. yeah, and it kind of got me at a, a time when I was like... Straw broke the camel's yeah, back and thought... Yeah, pretty yep. much. And I just thought I'd be direct instead of being around the bush about it. And I thought, I thought, it's not on. And I respect that, yeah, bro. Yeah. You know, and that's why I reached out to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was one of those things, bro, that I... Um, man, I can understand and fully appreciate why the conversation has been had now. Like you say, there's a shitload of stuff going on around, yeah. around the world at the moment, eh? And it wasn't to sort of, um, you know, um, sort of say that this isn't important, but it was more like, to me, right now, if I'm being honest, mm. for me, this is more important. Mm. But then I understand that how that can be important to others. Mm. Not that it's not important to me. Mm. It's just that we've got issues right now, right here, that need to be addressed. Um, the thing is, I mean... <laughs> With my post, bro, and I don't know if you've seen a lot of interaction that I've had with other people, and, and it comes from us. I think sarcasm, while it's the lowest form of wit, bro. Uh, sorry, not you know, it's it's the way I deal with serious issues, bro. Yeah. And sometimes I may miss the mark. Mm. Um, and while I don't mean to cause offence, it's um it's how I deal with situ serious situations. Mm. Um, but I understood where where you came from completely, bro. Mm. It's just for me, man. Um. You know, with the, things like our suicide rate, obesity, bro, as I said, I've struggled with my weight the whole life. My fault, bro. Yeah. But, you know, um, when I think about how that sort of happened, you know, education, you know, um, not learning that if we adopt healthy lifestyle early on, that's going to affect this later on in life. Mm. But then mm. it comes back to government, bro. Yeah. Why is our kai not cheap and easily accessible, bro? Mm. Why is it cheaper to go down to um, Terry's Takeaway and get a $20 pack to feed our whanau as opposed to getting 20 bucks and getting shit bugger all back, bro. Um, so when you when you said what you did, it made me think, um, yeah, I can see how people um, are more passionate about that. Mm. And it's not that I'm not. Mm. It's just that I'm more passionate about other issues, bro. Yeah. So what do, you, what do you think about yeah, so, that, Yeah, so I'm the same. Like, that's not my main issue. Yep. It's not my main issue at all. Yep. we got to look at ourselves first. I bro. All of us. So in our own house, what do we do? What do we do to change the world? What mm. do we do to try and help others? What do we do to look after ourselves? Mm. What do we do for our kids? 
what are our kids looking at when they see us? What do they see? Yes, bro. You know, so we got to walk the talk in whatever we do. So that, to me, that stuff's more important. However, that's not to say that this isn't. Yeah, bro. So for me, um, although this might not be uh, um, the most important thing right now, it is important. Yeah. Because it it obviously hurts some. Yeah. And although it might not, for, personally, for me, it doesn't hurt me. Yeah. I don't really care because I don't look, I don't look at street signs or statues and make it dictate how I'm going to run my life or how, you know, I don't look at that. However, I'm compassionate for others and I see that that could hurt them. Mm. And to me, the, the question, the, the question is really, should they be there or should they not? Yeah. Now, realistically, like those statues and, and we, we, we can't hide it. Nah. You know, there's, there's been, our people have been oppressed for, for a long, long time. Mm. And those type of things are just, it's, it's kind of like a, it's one of those little things that just chips away. Yeah. It might not, if it doesn't affect you, then you're not going to support it, eh? Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. And this is where we need to put ourselves in other people's shoes. Understand that. Understand It why. doesn't affect me this way. It could affect that person that way. Most definitely. And yeah. we've only got to look at the history now. And this is what frustrates me. When people don't look at the history and... Um, and I'm not meaning, I'm meaning in general. I'm talking us as a country, as a nation, as a world. The history's there. Yeah. It happened. You know, and there's still, there's still parts of it happening today. So yeah. for me, why can't, why don't we just get rid of it? Mm. Do you think getting rid of it is an acknowledgement on behalf of non-Maori that, that makes them say, yeah, we acknowledge these things happen? We understand that it affects you in this certain way. We're going to pull them down. Most definitely. Because I was coming from the point of view of, fuck, leave them there. Yeah. Let, yeah, let, yeah. let these be a physical representation of what happened to our people. Mm. But tell the proper story. Yeah. You know, um, I've heard instances where they say that, you know, people worship and look up to these statues. Hand on heart, I couldn't think of any non-Māori, mm. that would view those statues in that way. Mm. They'd probably look at them and go, fuck, who's that? Yeah, 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 most definitely. You know? Yeah. Um, and I'm like, leave them there, mm. you know? Mm. Um, yeah, that was just, yeah, that's yeah. my and, point. And point that's what I'm saying, like, for me, I, I could, for my, my person, for me personally, it, it doesn't affect me. Because I look at that, I look at that stuff and it makes me go, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. Yes, bro. But, but I don't, I'm not thinking of myself. Yeah. I'm thinking of the wider yep. community and the fact that there's statues and there's street names of people that done unnecessarily things to my tupuna. Yes, bro. And, and for that to be paraded mm. is morally wrong. It's morally wrong. Yeah. No matter how we look at it, it's morally wrong. And if it was on the other shoe, I would think exactly the same. Same as well, bro. You know, and that, to me, that's why... You know, some people will go, oh, here we go again. It's street name. You know, oh, it's the same old, same old. Well, it, does, it probably hasn't affected you. That's why you're saying that. We've got to, yeah. we've got to put the, you know. Yeah. We've got to think about how others feel go and about sta- Go and stand in their shoes. And, and you then, know this. Like, yeah. you know, you're from Waititi yourself, yeah. you know. And the struggles that some of our people go through out there and, and stuff like that. And that's it's, 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 it's a visual in your face every day. Yeah. Just a subtle reminder. 
you know, and, and a lot of people look at it that way. Yeah. Like I said, I don't, but I'm, I'm thinking of others. Mm. And hence why when I seen your post, I thought, you know. The you, little... you saw it from someone else's point of view, not not you looking at the post, eh? No, 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 no not at all. I, I, Because I, my general thought is, is a general thought. Yeah. Is that like I'm thinking of everyone. And I thought it was a bit of a slap in the face to some that, that might, you know, it might feel strongly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So hence why I say, and like we were talking, you know, freedom of speech, we're, we're all, we can all put up what we like. But if there's something you think's gone over the line a bit, yeah, that's when I'll say something. I mean, and I thought it just gone over the line a little bit. That's all. Hence why I was direct. Oh, yeah. bro. And, and man, I loved it. Like I said, bro, it was like my, my fucking cousin. I was like, shit. But I actually thought about it, thought, yeah. No, it made me it made me think not straight away, bro, because I was still had the blinkers on. Yeah. Um, but you know, talking to you face to face now puts a different perspective on it. I can I can fully appreciate it, bro. Yeah. And, and um, likewise. The other thing, and that's it touches on just any interaction you have on social media, bro. Like personally, I feel the biggest one of the biggest things that gets lost in um, online interactions is tone, bro. We we don't sort of you know because we're not having these conversations face to face, tone gets lost. You know, it's like, for example, if someone writes in, in capital letters, someone goes, oh, why are you shouting at me? You know, or um, if I post F you, and that's it, as opposed to posting F you with laughing emojis, all of a sudden the tone of it changes. Mm. And I think that's the biggest thing that, um, you know, to the detriment of us ha having that face-to-face -face conversation, bro, is that tone gets lost in those interactions, eh? It can get taken out of context. Yeah. And that's why I don't read in too much. And you've probably noticed with, with a lot of my posts is like, I, I try to post um, stuff that's positive and that can that can that can uplift people. Yes, bro. And and although we do need to be um, be open and be upfront with with real tough issues, I feel issues like that need to be spoken in person um, because it can get taken out of context by a message. Yeah, you know. And and you see that I've seen this heaps in community groups I'm, I'm involved with and stuff is. In face-to-face -face interactions? Well, no, with, with messaging. Oh, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. You know, so you perceive, you are what you perceive. Yep. Right? So if you perceive a message to be a certain way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, fully, yeah, fully And, and that's, that, that's what happens. So although the person writing the message might not necessarily mean it mean in the that. way that you think. Yeah. And this is where things get lost. Mm. The context gets lost. And that's why... I'm a big believer in get in the fighting new and let's talk this issue out. Yeah, bro. You know, because it's the best way, and then you get real eye to eye contact. Yep. You know, and we get a better understanding with oh, each other. Yeah. Yeah. Hence why I try to stay away from those things on Facebook. Yeah. I find myself getting lost in it too, mm. and that's not what I want because my message might not come away the way across the way I want yeah. it to come. Yeah. I think a lot of it with uh, me posting, I fuck sometimes I go, I go too hard, bro. I, I, and I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like um. You know, there's this this post that I I don't post stuff that I always agree with as well, bro. Yeah. I want to see where people's views yeah. are, bro, where their mm -hmm. thought processes are. For example, someone like Donald Trump, mm -hmm. all I see is, fuck, he's this, you know, he's that, and the other one like, oh, is this guy really as bad as he says he is? As people make out to be. So I like to, I'll post something to get their response and and uh, just try and get different perspectives yeah, yeah, on, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and and because I've been told a hundred times that that person's a dickhead. Without actually knowing him, I'm not going to automatically think fuck he's a dickhead. Most definitely, you know. Yeah. And saying that, oh, yeah, it's it's a tough one, man. Because um, I, I think about you know he's been called a racist. I'm like, 
why would that guy not go out and openly defend that he's not racist? Yeah. But then I'm like, I don't, if I was accused of something that I definitely wasn't, mm. I wouldn't even give that the time of day, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he racist? Fuck, I don't know, bro. Yeah. Do I believe racists vote for him? Absolutely, bro. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. It's yeah. one of those things, Um, what do you believe these days? You know what I mean? Like, honestly, like, I like, and I'll be honest with you, my, my dad's listening. Me and him have full-on debates about it, and I'm like, I I struggle to know with what the truth is. Well, I think... Because either way, right or wrong, yeah. like, do we really know what the media is portraying? Yeah. What what kind of truth is behind it? Like, really, like anything. Really. Well, I, th- I, like, think, I think this in, in this day and age, bro, with, with the amount of information overload that we've got, we... I don't know. I, we just can't trust one source, bro. Wow. You know, and you're and you're gonna find you're gonna look for things that sort of um, that you can relate to and sort of think, yeah, yeah, that person's speaking sense, that person's person speaking nonsense, and maybe you take a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and hope hopefully find the truth in amongst everything. Because I mean, I never thought about it much until this year, bro. And it's like how much media try and push. Agendas and narratives, bro, oh. and we can go on for fuck for ages talking yeah. about that, but we won't. But nah, it's like yeah. you know, I think we have an obligation to ourselves to to look at information from all from all angles, regardless of whether or not we we agree with it with it, bro. I'm I'm like that wholeheartedly, yeah. and and hence why I mentioned my dad because like, do, do you have trouble um, watching stuff that you don't agree with, but you want to get a perspective? Um, no, nah, no, I don't. I always always like. Even if it's something that's quite hard to listen to, yeah. I'll still try and understand the side. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I was I was taught that as a kid, you know, like my dad's Māori, my mum's Parker, and they always taught me, and it's probably the best advice I've ever been given, you always take a person on their own merits, yeah. not on their colour, not on their race, not mm. on their religion or their culture. You just take them on their own merits. So anything like that, and it's the same with any of that type of kōrero, be open to listen to both sides at all time yes, and then bro. make your own judgment, you know what I yeah. mean? Based on what you hear. Bro, um, man, this is good quarter away. I'm loving it. Um, I'll just ask, you know, we, we're both mixed blood, bro. We're not just Māori. We, we have European ancestry as well. Mm. What do we tell non-Māori who are trying to make sense and figure out what is currently going on just pertaining to the whole uh, statue, monument, street name issue? How should they feel, bro? Um, should they feel bad about it? How, how do you feel that that Pākehā should feel, bro? Because a lot, a lot of them will be thinking, shit, what's going on here? Mm. Um, and a lot of them will have a um, perception of, ooh, this bloody Mary's a bloody, you know, they want this, that, and the other. And and do you think what's happening would, would go some way to causing division, which I hope it won't, bro? But the last thing I'd want to do is go out to Aura and see someone to d- face... Samawi Pomere, bro. Mm. You know, so what? Do, so what do you say to Pakeha um, to them during these times, bro? Yeah, well, I'm Pakeha too. Yes, bro. Yeah, you know, and I'm proud of my Pakeha. Yes, bro. I went to England to find out more about my Pakeha heritage. Nice. So I, I like, you know, so I see both sides. It starts with ourselves, and it starts with having a good look at ourselves mm. and a good understanding. So, like, if you got to, yeah, you got to understand the history to start with. Yes. If you understand the history, and you're open to understanding, open and to understanding, it, yep, it'll it'll go a long way in helping all of us progress. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I think it starts with that as an understanding of of what happened. So then you can feel 
the mummy that some might have, yeah. the hurt that some people might have because of what's been happened, uh, because of what's happened in the past, you know. So I believe it starts there. Um, and once you get there, like, oh, heaps of Pākehā mates that are totally open because they've taken the time to try and understand. That's, yeah. the, that's the key, you know. And acknowledge. And acknowledge and just yeah. acknowledge it. Um, but there's a there's a lot of people in the world that don't too. Mm. They don't want to. They don't want to. Don't want to acknowledge. They don't want to even give it a chance to yeah. acknowledge it, you know. The facts are there. The thing, I'll just, sorry, to, oh, briefly, Bo, we're going we're gonna to go to a break soon, but... You know, it's all about acknowledgement, and then we took we hear about the revitalization of Te Reo Māori, and and I've heard elements of our community go, oh, you know, was Te Reo getting blah blah blah? It's like, well, to understand why we are where we are now is to understand how we got there, bro. The yeah. fact that our grandparents weren't allowed to speak Māori in school, bro. Mm. Um, and if you can understand that, then you understand why we are where we are, bro. Why I'm not fluent in Te Reo, in te reo Māori, bro. Why my my father thought there was no value in learning the language, bro, because of what his parents taught him, bro. Mm, mm, most definitely. We're still, my, I'm the same in my family. Like, you know, my dad was not taught anything. You know, we were stripped of our culture. It, it's there. It's facts. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's always going to take us a long time as a nation to move forward. But the more that all of us open up, Māori and Pākehā, Pacific Island, Asian, whatever, the more that we all open up um, to our history and to the future together, um, the better it will be. And it's as simple as that, really, as putting yourself in someone else's shoes, I believe. And and same for Māori. Yeah. Putting yourselves in someone else's shoes mm. and saying, okay, well, how would he feel? Or how would she feel right now dealing with whatever they're dealing with? You know what I mean? Because yeah. I... I I feel for some of my Pākehā friends too that are like, oh shit, I yeah. don't know whether to stand here or stand there or do whatever. But we got to uffy them because that's that's our culture. Mm. Uffy and manaki and support and guide them. Don't shoot them down, you know. And and so we've got a lot of learning too. Hey, mm. we don't want to be the oppressor because that happened to us. Mm. You know what I mean? So, <sighs> bro, that's a awesome quarter, bro. Um, we're about to wrap up this uh, first part of the Sam Says podcast with my with my guest, Mr. Wayne Kappa. Awesome quarter to break. We'll see you soon, Fano. Cheers. Kia ora, Fano, and welcome back to the Samson Says podcast. It's some awesome quarter with my bro, Wayne Kappa, who is my guest tonight. We're going to take a different route here. Bro, talk about your mahi and oil and gas. What was that like? Do you miss it? What are the pros and cons? Would you go back? And where do you see oil and gas heading in the future, bro? Mm. Um, nah, don't miss it, bro. <laughs> don't miss it at all. Yeah, nah, done it, done it, done it. Um, long enough. Uh, I started when I was sixteen, just turning seventeen. I started at um big shutdown in, in Cronulla. Uh, young fella on the shutdown on big bucks straight away, you know, ten dollars wow. pocket money to seventeen hundred a week. What was that um, like, bro? I was pretty. It was like oh, stars in the eyes, you know. Yeah. Like I just thought, wow. So it, it was pretty cool at the time. Did you have any any conversations with anyone, any Fano on, on money management, or was it just here's this money, bro? Boom, out there. It was li- literally cash too. <laughs> they didn't even pay in our bank. Like we had like a mafia dude that kind of run our company, Jeez. and he'd drive out from Penrith. And his ute, and there'd be just like 70 workers with all two to three K in each envelope. And literally, like, we'd line up 
There's your cash. There's your cash. Straight to the Panthers League Club. Straight to the Panthers. Well, he's a major sponsor. Bro, I've been there. It's the only only league club I've been to in in Aussie. Bro, all those levels. Couldn't believe it, bro. Got that golf thing out the back and... Massive, eh? Fuck, awesome, bro. Yeah, so my old boss was, he played for the Panthers. Oh, who's that? Lou Savanovich was Jeez. his name. He's back in the early days of the Panthers, yep. but he was, yeah, he's mafia. <laughs> so he used to, I better be careful what I say. He might <laughs> track me down. But no, we used to get the old envelopes. Uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty cool being a young fellow, getting that kind of money wow. in, in Cronulla and living next door to Northies. Oh, Jesus. Which is like, Northies is the... The place. Oh, that's the place. Yeah, yeah. So good times. It was early days. So you started without any qualifications. You were just a just a rusty, just doing a bit of everything. Yeah. So I was scaffolding. So yep. I was scaffolder rigger. Um, but my my uncle, we faked my birth certificate. <laughs> that's when we didn't have photo ID. So he faked my birth certificate. Got into Caltech because you had to be eighteen. I was only sixteen. Um, and then um. Same thing. Um, Mafia used to sell tickets, like scaffold tickets, rigging tickets. And so we were all on the shutdown, and Mafia dude comes out, literally gives us all our tickets. We pay him cash, hand over the cash, get our tickets. That's how we used to roll, though. It was real. And and how many many dudes that got their tickets were actually good at the job, bro? Oh, well, there was one thing. Like, most of the guys, so back then, you could get a job without a ticket at that yep. time. And it was just, that was when their transition phase was happening. Yep. So a lot of the guys have been scaffolding 20, 30 years, you know, but then there was other guys that had just started. So it was just one of those transition phases yeah. where you needed to get a ticket, you know? So uh, how did that transitional period go down with the with how it used to be done as opposed to how it was heading, bro? Yeah, a few of the old school boys, they were like, ah, like, the, you know, Willie Talal's dad, I always, oh, yeah, yeah. I always remember because we all worked together, me and Tua and Willie, and um, uh, I always remember his dad going, Kappa! You grab that ticket and wipe your ass with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there was the old school fellas, you know, yeah, were like, you, should, you shouldn't have a ticket. You don't know shit, you know? Oh. Yeah, so it was a bit, yeah, it was a hard case, that transition period, but yeah. So did you pick up the ma- mahi straight away, bro? Like a duck to water? Like- yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I was all good. I was in the yard to start with. Yeah. Um, and we can move tube and clip or modular as well. Yeah, both, or, but both, both, yeah. Which do you prefer, bro? Tube and clip. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. But Get if you thinking. want a good workout, like, Hard work, like um, like the modular when I used to work in Sydney on the high rises. That's just nonstop all day. Uh, he's a skinny little seventeen-year-old at the time, and all these uh, huge, bro, all big league boys, just massive, just pumping steel all day. Yeah, just these bleeding hands. Yeah, uh, and you, used to wear like the PPE that was that big over there, nah, bro. Nothing. Nah, we used to no be, harnesses and whatever. Back in the late nineties, you just see yeah, shorts and singlet. There you go. Climb up. Big accidents? Nah, never seen any accidents. That's one thing that um, I'll be honest with you. That's one thing with safety I've found is um, if you uh, um, you kind of trust in yourself and you're very you you really well. I was I was really cautious with everything I did. Yeah. Um. Whereas when you start introducing too much safety, yeah. your focus is on safety and you lose track of the what's in front of you. Mahi. You know, and that that's when I've seen. Accidents happen. Yeah, yeah. So it was one of those things like the old school guys, man, they used to just go for it, you know, but they were they were confident in what they were doing. They are very aware of what they are doing, more so than now, the younger fellas, you know. <sighs> yeah, so it was pretty cool times. Mean, bro. Yeah, I got into it, bro. I reached out to you. I think you yeah, put right. up a post. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, Kafer, we're looking for um for people for shutdown. Um, F2 turnaround 2013. That's right. At Motunui, I want to say, bro, I knew nothing about it. I, yeah. I'd come to the... At that time, I come to the end of the hospital and I was over it, bro. I need to do something different. And fuck, man, that was 
that was definitely 180 doing that stuff, bro. <laughs> bro, appreciation for those dudes that I worked with, man. And I met a lot of good bros through my days at KFA and TBS. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I just had enough of it and got out of it. But good times, man. Yeah. Uh, working with uh, the you know the Filipino boys, yeah, man. Yeah, fuck, yeah. those fellas yeah. can go all I day, bro. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my first crew was actually on the MIFTU turnaround. We were I was with uh, Sainiwa. Yeah. Uh, came to uh, came to Sweden, Yeah. And uh, Guy B here in Kito, bro. Oh, yeah, because he, yeah, fuck, bro. Yeah, side, bro, and he's a, bro, bro, mahi hard, and then <laughs> you'd hear Kane from Molloway, then <laughs> you'd find uh, Guy sleeping somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Shot, cousin. But he was, bro, what I love about Guy, bro, was he was keen, bro. Yeah. I mean, all these ideas and, yeah. fuck, man, you know, and then he, he's finally got his tickets. So I yeah. think he's fully qualified. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, he's man, Oh, very. I used to think this guy, man. I was like, fuck, and you know, he's throwing clips everywhere. But man, it was always good times, eh? Yeah, and, oh. I, and I got a lot of mad props from him, bro. He he done a lot for me in terms of you know helping me through. I mean, I never come out. I, I got things like confined space and working at heights. The main thing was me, bro. I, I knew if I turned up every day, I'd be sweet. Yeah, <laughs> hard, that's it. Yeah, because a lot of the boys don't. A lot of the boys don't, nah, bro. I didn't when I was younger, bro. I was in and out. And some yeah. of the attendance rates was like shocking. I man. worked up, she's if I keep turning up, I'm gonna be all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. how it rolls, literally. Man. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, and it's one thing I miss about scaffolding and rigging, and that is a real good cruise. Eh? like have good fun, you know. So, play hard, you, work hard. Oh, yeah, play hard, bro. Yeah. Jeez, yeah, yeah. I'm all good for be on the weekend, but Monday night, yeah. oh, jeepers. Yeah. <laughs> So you were you scaffolding and rigging at the same time, or was it a transition nah. from scaffolding and then to rigging? You're off the tools and yeah. So scaffolding to start with, yeah. Um, scaffolding kind of took me all over Australia and New Zealand, and then um, I just transitioned. I pretty much yeah picked up rigging along the way. Ended up offshore, um, working over in Malaysia and Vietnam. And what do you prefer, bro? Onshore, offshore, different different um, challenges in that, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I was easy with either. Yeah, I, I quite liked that offshore. Yep. It was quite cool. Yeah, because you kind of you're out there and you just there's no distractions. Mean kai. Yeah, mean kai. No distractions. Into your mahi, go to the gym, work. You know, you yep. get it done. Just do it. Just do it. And yep. you come home. Whereas at home, you, there's always you know, you come home and there's something on, or you know, you just you got other distractions. Yeah. So I quite liked it offshore, eh? but I was I was quite lucky. I um, mahi took me to a lot of places. I pretty much worked. All around Australia, lived all around Australia, New Zealand, yeah, Malaysia. Just I got to see heaps of wicked places. Primo, bro. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you were in that industry for a long time, bro. Yeah. What you, you know, is it time to do something different, bro? What was the catalyst for getting out of that industry, bro? Um, I was I was in Aussie. Um, I was going through a bit of depression at the time in my last few years in Aussie. And um, up, remember when we went to the sevens? Oh, so absolutely. That, yeah. No, I don't remember actually. <laughs> Oh, well, I moved home that week. Was bro. it that week? It was literally, and then Dinny was like, bro, I've got something for you. So I was I was quite depressed at the time. Yeah. I was going through some hard stuff. And um when I moved home, that was the, that was what I need just to like liven me up again. <laughs> moved over that week. Yeah, yeah, literally that week. And come down with you fellas. Oh, oh, that was probably felt, one of the best sims I've been to, bro. That was amazing. That was amazing. So yeah, come back then and yeah. I, I it just fell into place, bro. Something told me when I was real depressed over a Noz's my manga was calling eh? and just yeah. kind of said like you got to come home because i always wanted to come home yep but Ari didn't want to come home yeah and so like, i literally woke up one morning over there and said i'm fine i'm out just i just, just i just literally booked the plane and jumped gone <sighs> i said catch you later and, you yep. know like 
I just had to do that because otherwise I would have just been stuck there and I wasn't happy and I was deeply depressed. Could have gone another route maybe. Yeah. So I, so, so I just made the move, come home, and then um, <clears throat> it just all fell into place. Got a job offshore here. Yep. Applied. And because I'd had a lot of overseas experience, got the job out here and I was offshore here on the Umidor for five years. Lame, bro. And I loved it out there. It was really, really good. Um, See the moment from out there? Oh, it's wicked, bro. Yep. Yeah, it was really good. Good crew too. But same thing happened there. I kind of... Over the years, I started, you know, with my involvement with the community and, and iwi and hapu space and all that. I was kind of like, this isn't really what I want to do forever. Yeah, so you, you thought about how your life would be in, in the future? Yeah, well, I just, like, I started thinking to myself, like, you know, like, I want to wake up and be excited about something. Yeah, and I, purpose. And I'd lost that. And yep. I, even with my scaffold. The fire. Yeah, some fire. And yep. I was just, I got to that stage where I just, it wasn't me. Yeah. I still enjoyed it, but it wasn't me. I wanted to... Going through the motions. Through the motions, I wanted to wake up and be happy and do something that I can look back on and go, I've made a... I've, you know, I've left a legacy or I've done something. Man, you know? So I literally, same thing, woke up out there one day and was like, I'm done. The boys are like, you're crazy. you got the best paying job in the country. And I'm like, nah, I'll just... Not about it. Nah, so I just gave it up and come home and that's when I started with Taranaki Rugby League. Mean, bro. Mm. So we'll, we'll get into the Rugby League um, very shortly, bro, but talk us through your current mahi now, bro. Yeah, so... Um, Actually, sorry, no, we'll go back to the league because it's a progression from what you're doing now, eh? Yeah, yeah. So you, you get that role at, at Tanaki Rugby League? Yeah. Talk, talk us through that, bro. Yeah, so I um, yeah, I was, I, was, uh, I left offshore, come to... And there was an operations role that come up with Taranaki Rugby League. It was just a six-month uh, six contract. Yep. Um, about a yeah, quarter of the money of what I was on offshore, but I, my passion for the game was why I wanted to help because I, I, I genuinely... I genuinely felt I could really take our game to another level here. I mean, um, so um, <clears throat> yeah, I applied, got it, and then um, kicked, yeah, kicked things off with the league and, and started kind of getting our tournaments and, and competitions cranking and and all that jazz. So got into that, and then um, yeah, unfortunately, um, and looking back, it was probably my fault as operations. I probably should have safeguarded my own job first. Oh, okay. But as I do. I'm thinking of everyone else. So was it a was it a funding it's issue? Funding, yeah, yeah, yeah. So funding. I, yeah, so I, like, I, looking back, I should have I should have secured like look after myself first. So there's no sure. one in that space currently in, in nah. Tanaka Rilig. So who's sort of running? Oh, it's just all volu- volunteers and and like so. Jacko's still in there with it. The, he works for Mid Central, so yep. he does a lot of stuff. And then it's just the boards that do the background kind of money yep. in that. So there's no one in an operational role at the moment. Um, but yeah, it was a bit bit of a shame because we. Really started getting the game cranky, yeah, starting to hum, and then yeah, that that. So I worked for about three months, not getting paid, just to try and you know, and then it just like I got heaps of kids, I just couldn't do couldn't it sustain it. Yeah, so I was unemployed for six months after that. Jeez. And then we you were, never thought of going back into the um, all and guests. Well, we were at a stage where um, I was working, I was, I was sussing with Manukura, the school in Palmy. Yep, they were trying to create a job for me to run their rugby league program down there. Um, so they were whilst they were working that out, this job come up with the iwi, and I kind of when I first seen it, it was a kaitiaki funeral range, and the first, as soon as I seen, it, I was like, man, I, I couldn't do that. You know, that was my first doubt thought. straight away. Doubt straight away. So I left it for a week, and I was still looking for work. And then when I seen it a week later, I thought I'll read the job description. And I read the job description. I was like, man, I could do that. I said, like, you know, there's some things I'd need to learn. Yeah. But I said I might just chuck my name in the hat yeah. anyway. Chuck my name in the hat. Got an interview um, uh, down to two of us, and then had the interview. Um, got the job, and then a day later, Manu could have rung and we're like, oh, "We've got you a gig down in Palmy because we were going to move to Palmy and take all the kids down there." 
So to me, it was meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, we would have been in Palmy. Were they gutted, bro? In Palmy? No. Or they understood. No, no. no um, Nathan, Pa Nathan was, um, he was sweet with it. He was like, no, good on you. You know, you do what you got to do for your whanau. Yeah. So to me, that was a kind of like a tautu for us to, yes, stay, to stay. Like we weren't meant to go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So we either would have been down there or I would have, we probably would have moved back to Oz just because of employment and stuff. Yeah. You know? So didn't want to go blessing. back though. I don't know. Nah, not at all. <laughs> I want to stay. So it was a blessing, but it was a tough, bro. It was a tough when I was unemployed. Like, yeah. It's pretty tough. Going to. Well, I've never been unemployed in my life. Yeah. Bro. Always been busy since you were. Bro, all, I've always had work. And yeah. I could have got work. Like, as soon as I got unemployed by TRL, I had all sorts of people saying, bro, I got your job. And I was like, yeah, I can get your job. I can get your job here, scaffolding. But I didn't want to go back to that. I wanted to carry on with my passions. Bro, one thing that I love about you, bro, is that you'll just see a random post come up. Anyone looking for such and such, such and such, such that's got a keen, keen young fellow or whatever. Bro, talk us through that, bro. You're always just helping people, bro. It's just unbelievable, you know. And in, in, t- in touching on what you're doing with regards to uh, multi league, to me, I'm, I'm not involved in the league community, but I just see that movement every year, bro, mm. just get stronger and stronger. And there's just more chatter in your head. I, I don't know how much of it is, you know, being hard case followers, but oh, this person come back to pay for this person, yeah, and yeah. you know, but you know, yeah. talks about obviously, you know, how you love to help your people, and obviously, you're mahi within uh, local multi league, bro, yeah. and just league in general, bro. Yeah, I suppose it started um, as a kid, eh? You know, like, my mum and dad used to own Hatters. Yes, bro. Yeah, they used to own Hatters restaurant back in the day. Yes. So, like, and me and all my bros would go down and kick it. And my mum and dad would, like, take in anyone. What? So our house, like, at Spotswood was, like, that was in between Marfell and Maramat, like, Chris, Maramat, Chris, yep. Spotswood. Our house was the middle. So our house was the house that all the kids used to come, you know, they come from broken homes, yep. whatever. Our place was the place. So I seen my mum do that. She was always, and my dad, like, always helping others. Yeah. And so, like, I suppose I just got it from them. Yeah. And then when we moved to Australia, um, we were kind of, like, the first of our crew from Taranaki over in some areas. So, nice. like, anyone else that would come, like, we'd help them. Yeah. So, I'd, like, get them jobs. We'd hook them up with a house. they come and live with us. Like, heaps, bro. Like, Man. I'm talking, like, everyone, like, all the all of my whanau that are over there now, They all, we all kind of – and it was just, like, a roll-on. So, like, we'd help someone then – that helped someone, and then we, it's like a funny thing, bro. Because so many people know you, bro. Yeah, it was <laughs> just it was just because of like you know all the stuff that we were involved. Bro, your with name that. comes up, and it's like, well, he knows everything. You know? It's like, she. Yeah, or we moved around a lot too. Yep. So we, you know, we, we bumped into a lot and, and involved with a lot of things. But that's where it kind of started. And then, like, since we've been home, it's been even more special because you know getting involved with some community stuff awesome. and our rangatahi in there. Yeah. Um, I started off like back home, like helping with the. <clears throat> Like prems and adults and that, but I'm kind of a bit over the adults. So I'm like, yeah, I want to help. I want to help the rangatahi, man. I prefer hanging out with them. They're yeah, cool, yeah, bro. So, yeah. So that's where we're at at the moment. Oh, yeah. wicked, bro. So, how, how do you see what you know the future of, of league in Taranaki, bro? Like, what what's your dreams and aspirations for it to help it keep growing here in Taranaki? Um, we just gotta we gotta get a little bit more smarter in the way that we do things, a bit more kind of professional through means of promotion and marketing and stuff like that. The, the, the thing that I, and, and there's even a lot of people in other codes that know this, we've got the product. Yeah. Rugby league is the product. Yeah, bro. bro. Like, yep. you know, you've only got to watch a game and it's, oh. it's, it's, it's health leather. It's, it's bang, bang. It's on, you know, we've got such a great game. We've just got, we've got a lot of work to do in the background. And unfortunately we don't, 
um, you know, it's a lower socioeconomic kind of, you know, we, we don't have a lot of financial support mm. or, um, you know, big funders that support us or or people, big business. We yeah. don't have that. So it's always going to be a struggle. It's very, it's a working class game. Yeah. And that's probably, you know, great volunteers. Yeah. Great, you know, everyone just puts in, but we just, we, we lack in that back end where we really need some 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 support. Some um, coming through. And it, yeah, and it would be great because if you look at a lot of our kids, you know, not, you know, a lot of them come from, you know, the, the tough backgrounds. And yeah, they, need, they need Uffy, they need support in Manaki, you know. So um, I think that's what we need to get us moving forward. But we just need to be a little bit more professional in what we do. Um, like I said, we've got the product. Um, we're passionate people. Yes, bro. Very passionate. Um and Taranaki's got a proud history, bro. Mm, rugby league, you know, or in a lot of sports, but rugby league, like you've only got to look at look at some of the names that have come out of here. Um, and and it's yeah, it, it's it's a proud history, and we just need to grow on that, bro. Mean, you know? yeah. mean, bro. Um, you were involved in the New Zealand Maori rugby league environment mm. too. What was that? How did you get involved there, bro? And what was your role within the uh, the environment? Yes, I've been a manager for the for the premier team for the last five years, um, five six years now, I think. Um, so how that kind of happened is I kicked off Western Australia, me and a few others in, yes. in uh, Western Australia, Māori Rugby League, and, and we fundraised, I think it was up to 70 grand to, to come back home. We brought our boys home, which was really good because a lot of them had been missing that cultural connection. Yes, bro. Brought them home and oh, they just went off like, and like everyone back home couldn't believe it. They, bro, I, I, this is a bit off base, but can, can you tell the difference between um, a Māori who's been brought up in New Zealand as opposed to a, a Māori that's been brought up in Australia? Ah, uh, easy. Night and day, is it? Oh, easy, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Good and bad, just different. Oh, just funny, just different. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nah, they're, they're top. Like, one thing I love about it over there is even if they've been away from home for ages or they've never been home, yeah. they're just so passionate about who they are. Mean, bro. You know, and, and yes, they might lack a little bit of that understanding and cultural connection, but they still love they it. Still they still love it. They love it. You know, and I love that. Uh, yes, and bro. that's cool, you know. Absolutely. So I get a bit, my mind when I hear, you know, some of them get a bit of shit from others, like because you see it. Hey, yeah. yeah. You, I'm no. sure you've been at the Marae when the cousin from Aussie comes home and, yep. and all the cousins are into them. Oh, and, bro, even Māori that live here yeah, and, yeah. and are disconnected from Marae, bro. Yeah, yeah. Me, me as well, bro. Yeah. Sometimes I was like, jeez, you know. Yeah, yeah. So imagine how they feel. Exactly. And I was that person to a certain degree sometimes when I used to come home, you know, I kind of feel like, oh, shit, like, what do I do? Where do I go? You know what I mean? So I always have a lot of time well, fun and yes, that, that, that you know that come home and try to try to take them on their journey yeah. too, and so much so that a lot of them end up moving home too, you know, because they want that, they want they did, want more of it. Did you know any of that crew on that uh, show that was on Maori TV? The GC, the GC. Nah, I, I, <laughs> there's a couple on there that I like used to work in the same mine as me in there. Yep. but I didn't know them didn't personally. Know them. Yeah. Nah, I'm not done any of those ones. <laughs> are, they, are they sort of like that, bro, or is that a bit of there's, an there's over-exaggeration? A, nah, there's a lot like that, bro. Hard out, man. All flexes. Bro. All flexes, Oh, yeah. it's hard case, Yeah. So that's where it started for New Zealand Māori. Yeah. was over there, brought them home, um, and then just continued from there. And then I, I moved home. Um, I'm probably a little bit lucky. My, my uncle's the chairman. So he kind of, mean? Yeah, so, you know, he's like, Neff. And, and what? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, he's seen my passion what from a young bro? age when I used to be ball boy. And like, so when I bought WA home, he was like, if you can bring a team home from WA, then you're going to be, you're the man. You'll be helpful with us. Yeah. You know? So I ended up in with the board and then, yeah, managed, managed the team for the last five or six years. I've just kind of stepped back from the manager's role. Um, and I kind of do, um, 
I'm like a coordinator for the camps yep. now, so I just organise everything in the background. And so we just, because we got a kind of thing in New Zealand Māori, we try to rotate so everyone gets an opportunity. Awesome, bro. Just yeah. more strings to the bow for everyone. Yeah, everyone. Everyone yeah. fill their kitea instead of one person doing it all the time. Wicked, bro. So that's how we kind of roll. So, yeah, I've loved my time. I coached the New Zealand Māori under-14s now. Wicked. Um, coached the 13s last year. So, yeah, I, I, I love, I just love everything about the Māori Rugby League because to me it's, it brings two things that I love very much yeah. together. Yeah. It's culture and, and the game. And it's just like it's just special. It's very special. So who who are the current who are the current Iwi champs, bro, from here in Tarama? Yeah. Um Naruhini. Naruhini won it last time. Yeah. Man. Which was awesome. I was I was stoked they won it because they are the they are what they are what um they just everything they do. Is aligns with the co-papa. Mean bro. You know, it's not just the players. Yep. They train hard. Mums and dads come out. Koro, kui, mochos, the whole tribe, bro. Wicked. So to me, like, they are the essence of what we're trying to get for John all of us. Yeah. And, 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 and in our own way, all of our iwi have their own unique yeah. way, you know. But I just think Ngaru Hini, they just they just epitomize everything that you kind of you strive for. And, Wicked, and, 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 bro. Yeah. So I was stoked they won, yeah. bro. That was their third time they've been in the final. Third or fourth year, and they won it. They finally won they it. Finally won it. Mean, but they've beat us, Tiatiawa, in two semis on full time. In those <laughs> semis, the last two years, so we're coming this year. Coming for you. <laughs> oh, that's mean. And it's is it at Sanders this year? Sanders, two oh. copper. How's that? Eh? Just what down a, the road, bro. <laughs> what a two copper rugby club. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mean. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, bro. Yeah. Hey, um, so obviously New Zealand Māori played Indigenous All Stars this year. We won. Yeah. Did you go, bro? Oh, I, I pulled out the last oh. one. I was supposed to be there because I went last year. And then because I'm with the Stars Rugby League program up at Spotswood now. With Couldn't the young make fellas, it. Well, I just I, – I, I, I Made a decision. Yeah, I wanted to focus on the kids. So I missed out. But I was, I was, oh. I was a bit teary-eyed, actually, oh. when we won. I was like, far out. Bro, i just been watching little snippets on Skybro and they just showed the hucker the other day. And I was – Mean, Bro, eh? I was yeah, – <laughs> so good, so good. Bro, to see their – you know um, – the, the indigenous people of Australia embrace their culture, bro. Oh. Like Latrell, bro, oh. out the front, and I'm just like, ah. okay, hey. and, and then you, you see the fox, bro, and he's oh, it's so good. And I'm stoked that the NRL took the you know, took the initiative to to do that, you know, like because like we have it, you know, the Kiwis, Kangaroos, and Tonga, and, and like Fiji, and they're all getting all that, you know, but our Maori people and our indigenous people have been at the forefront of the game, um. Right from the get go. The get go, bro. And if you look at history, New Zealand Māori were the first to tour. They they toured um, Australia in 1908, Far. and they actually kicked off the NRL because there was a the massive gate taking from a, a, a Māori team coming from New Zealand to play in Australia, and this was the new rugby league, which was the break off from rugby, rugby union. So pretty much set up Australian rugby league. So it's good that in our the NRL have acknowledged it. Have acknowledged that because for many years they haven't. Yeah. You know, and 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 so for, for us to finally be at, at the, the pinnacle of the game is massive for our people. And you know, and so when you get a young Maori boy in a Tamariki tournament going, I want to be like Adam Blair at the front of the haka for the New Zealand Maori. That's that's that was our ultimate goal. goal. So you know, I just, kudos to you know Uncle JD and 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 all the um, the board at New Zealand Maori. They've just and and then the people before too, Bob Tukiri and Howie Tamati and. They've just done amazing, eh? Māori rugby league, bro. And oh, even boy. even seen the women play too, bro. Oh, our, woman, our, woman, our wahine, it's me watching them now. 
Yeah, Work hungry. it out. Yeah, yeah, some yeah, massive hits, bro. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, they're passionate ass. They're awesome, man. Bro, State of Origin, who do you support? Blues. And will we blues? Yeah. And will we ever see a State of Origin game here in Aotearoa, yeah. bro? You'll get one, I guarantee you, within the next three years. And where is it gonna be played? It'll be in Auckland. Eden Park? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You'll get one. Should it be in Mount Spart though? No, nah, not necessarily. Nah, cool. No, nah, nah, not necessarily. Nah. Nah, where we get the crowd in? We want to get a Māori versus Indigenous game here too. Yes, bro. So ah. there's corridor all happening in the background, Hamilton, hopefully. Oh, that's so mean, bro. That'd be cool. Um, mm. And what are your thoughts on Kiwis representing Aussie teams, kangaroos, Aussie in general, bro? Because I, <laughs> bro, I used to get, I don't know why, bro. I used to get racked up about it. But then I, I, I saw it from another point of view that, you know, we spoke about it earlier. A lot of Māori are Australian, bro. Yeah. And it's like, and if they if they can excel, bro, on the mm. international stage, we should be proud of that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I just see like I don't. So I seen there was a thing about Kalen Pong and that. Like they're brought up like a lot of them are brought up in Australia. Yeah, you know. So the way I look at it, because my uncles give me stick, they're like, "Oh, you're an Aussie. You were born in Aussie." I don't see myself an Australian. Yeah, I was raised to be the person I am in this country. Yes, bro. So I believe it's where you're raised. Yep. So like that's probably why some of our Maori boys or you know, Kiwi boys, whoever's chosen Australia, it's because they've they identify it's with it's been an important part of their life, yes, their bro. upbringing over there. So I, I see nothing wrong with it personally. I don't mean, bro. and then there's some people that whinge and go, Oh, they shouldn't be able to play for Australia and then play for Maldives. Why not? Why not? They're Maldi, Maldi, yeah. <laughs> but you know, this is what I mean. Some people, the people who say that, bro, I've heard it. Like, all my Aussie league mates are like, That's bullshit. Like, nah, man. It's all good. Ah. He's Māori. You can't take that Māori out of him. Exactly, it's him, bro. You know, it's got nothing to do with countries. Yeah. Bro, Spotsford winning the title last year. We'll touch briefly on this because we actually watched the game together. It was uh, you, myself. Oh, don't uh, remind me. It Sammy. was a night. <laughs> but you were also wearing oh, I know, I know. the NZ Māori colours, which were the coastal colours. Oh. <laughs> it, was... it just so happened you had your Spotty Dogs hoodie underneath, oh, no, bro, and then... I copped it. I copped it, that one. Bro, just talk us through that briefly, what it was like being in that in that corporate box. I think we were the only three supporting yeah. spotty dogs, yeah. and the rest were all coasties. It was it was choice, mate. It was choice. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and, and then winning that title, what, what did that mean to you, and what would that have meant to the club as a whole, bro? Oh, it's, it's massive, eh? Like, um, you know, I've got, a, I've got fond memories of my time. You know, I was a junior right from when I left Inglewood. Uh, star, I was an old star junior and come right through the grades with Spotty. Played, played prems back in the days nice. when, I was, when I was back playing rugby and um, fullback, first five, five first five fullback, yeah. yeah. So, um, like heaps of good memories, but I was just stoked for the club because eh? Spotty's like a real working class club, yes, bro. You know, the, you know real, real working class people and genuine, like really, you know, yep. good, good people, eh? And I was just stoked for the club, especially to see some of the club stores still there, mean, and bro. to be able to experience that, yeah. And, you know, like, it was pretty cool for me, like, being next to my idol, you know, Sammy, because I was, you know, I was coming in at 5'8 when he was kind of just finishing. Yes, bro. And so he kind of took me under my wing when I was first there. So it was, like, it was pretty special being there with him, too. Oh, you know? So it was, it was pretty cool. I got, I got, To be honest, I haven't had a drink since then. <laughs> no shit. Bro. It's 11 months, bro. <laughs> I got that plastered. I already come in at, like, 11 o'clock. She was like, you were an absolute mess. And I just remember being in the bar, like, Oh, I was like, no, nah, that's it, man. But I was stoked. I was in there. I knew Stonesy and a few others. Bro, and you guys walked in and I was just like, yeah. Yeah, 
But it was just awesome to be a part of that, bro. So yeah, it's pretty special. It man, awesome. it's awesome. Hey, we're almost on the home stretch, bro. Mm. Uh, we'll have a quick break and uh, we'll come back and we'll we'll see what uh, life looks like in five to ten years now for uh, Caps and your Cool. Kia ora, Kia and we're back here on the Samson Says Podcast with my guest, Mr. Wayne Kepper. It's been an awesome corridor, bro. Um, obviously, hearing about your upbringing, um, you know, talking face-to-face of, um, you know, a little interaction we had on Facebook the other day about your, your mahi, your work in, in rugby league, just everything, bro. It's been primo, and I can't believe we're, um, you know, it's been an hour already. So <laughs> got one last sort of serious question, bro, and it's... Um, what does life look like for Wayne Kepper and Fano for the next five to ten years, bro? Mm. Yeah, so we're on um, we're on a bit of another journey now. Uh, uh, we're looking at moving down the coast, oh. so we're just going through the process at the moment of purchasing a um, a farm, a little, a little farmlet, eight acres. Same. Yeah, a little place called um, Newell, just inland from Okato on Whitemoo nice, Road. Yeah, so um. So that's how, yeah, we're heading out there soon. Uh, and basically we kind of, we wanted, that was always our end goal, was yep. to get out on the whenua and um, have some whenua for the kids. I suppose, know? does that help in terms of your mahi? Yeah, like, well, it's yeah. actually really central to all my work too. Mean, so it's kind of like a win-win, really. Yeah. Like it's all my mahis out there. We've always wanted, you know, a piece of land. Ari's really into um, her marakai, her gardening in Man. that now. So it's kind of like a win-win. And yeah, it's just, we've got, We've kind of got visions out there for our own whānau, papakainga. Wicked, yeah, bro. and that kind of goes right back to, like, when I was a young fellow, I, I kind of felt a little bit, um, didn't know where I fit in, you know, like, so, because we were all from, diff- like, we were from heaps of marais, like a lot of us. Yeah. We never had, like, one place to call home. Yeah. So I've kind of always wanted to make sure that my mokos and my kids have that feeling of a place of home. Yes, bro. For future generations. Yeah. So we're not really, it's kind of not, we're moving out there for the future generations of our of our uri. Yeah, so that's that's our kind of plan. Next five, ten years, get out there, set up our proper kainga. I've even measured it out that we can fit a rugby league field in. Oh yeah, <laughs> jeez. So yeah, now we're gonna we're gonna head down the coast. You're buddy. gonna actually do that too, eh? I reckon. Buddy, eh? Hey. Yeah, however, that's I'm where not... the tournaments will be. Yeah, ex- exhibition game each year, mate. Oh. Everyone bring your boots. <laughs> Bro, that's, right under the manga. That's yeah. awesome, bro. So yeah, now we got we got big plans to to do some pretty special things out there, bro. And so we're gonna do that. And me and my wife are into Kapahaka now, so we've joined the Rōpū down in um uh down in South Taranaki. Who's what's the name of the Rōpū? Uh, uh, Waihotanga. Is it Rangi in there as well? Yeah, Rangi's in yes, there. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, we missed out because they had to name for. Like Ropu, like because we didn't perform. Oh, oh and because we we're a new Ropu, we missed out. So, so it was a, based on who sort of placed well previously, been, oh. yeah, which was stink because, like, we've been all the mahi you've done. Oh, six Rangi bro. coming down from uh, oh, all of them from all yep. over the country, Christchurch, everything, every more. So it was really hard, but that's another journey that me and my wife on, and it's good because it's we're doing something for ourselves. Nice, bro. You know, normally, like, we do a lot of things, it's for others, but like. Yeah, this is cool because it's us time. Yes, bro. So we're doing that, and I'm I'm trying to get into my trail. I'm 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 a bit behind on that, but I've got a I've got you know next five years I want to be able to hold a conversation in trail. So those are a couple of things that are our you know 
our kind of big aims, eh, is, yeah. is to kind of, yeah, get our, get speaking real and speaking the real and our fun and our fare and, yeah, and be on the whenua and get into kapa and... Awesome, bro. Yeah. Bro, in the, in the league tournaments, do you chuck your boots on as well? Every now and then. Ooh. It's a, it's a little bit hard, eh, because, like, I'm one of those fellas, like, I'm either all in, all out. Yeah. And I, like, so, like, you know, like, if I want to play, I, I'll train the house down to, to play decent. Yes, bro. Like, but when I do the tournaments, because I run the tournament, run the tournaments, it's, it's like uh, I'm just in and out, like, and it's not. Do you look over and see them, see the boys playing and go, "Fuck, I wish I was out there." Yeah, oh, all the time. If I had my way, I'd be out there every time. Yeah. But like, someone's got to run the tournament too. Yes, bro. So hopefully, I can get to that stage where I can just kind of pass all that on. Yeah. And I have a, I want to have a run with my boys. Like, yes, bro. My older son, he's he's seventeen. Oh, he's eighteen now. Yeah, eighteen now. So gun a, is he a gun? Uh, he goes all right. He, he had a, he went up to the Warriors last year. He, he, he didn't end up making it, um, but he, he goes all right. My son goes all right. Mean my bro. middle son, he's 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 pretty sharp, bro. Oosh. Yeah, and my younger one's pretty good too. So I want to have a run with them. But, ah, that, yeah. So that's that'll be a Kodak moment seeing yeah. the, the cap of boys out there together, uh, eh, bro? Hard out. Just want to tick. You know, like I'm big on tick boxes. Yes, bro. You know, so like when you're a kid, thinking back to what what you always wanted to do or be. And try and achieve them all. Yes, bro. So, you know, like even with having, you know, we won a title with the Tigers, you know, always wanted to win and play on Pukekura Park. Yes, bro. You know, had a boxing fight. I like, always wanted to do that. Bro, what was it like? Just briefly. Yeah, that was that was mean, bro. Bro, you killed it, eh? It was choice. Bro, was choice. I was like, what are Yeah, I lost the plot, though, bro. Like, straight up, <laughs> I wasn't training like that, man. I was like, I was I was pissed off afterwards. You, so you got a whack. Yeah, he punched me in the nose, and, and I just, lost. I lost all my the game lost, playing. Went out the, yeah, went out the window. Fucking, I just went. So who who was your corner? Um, oh geez, you got me there. Um, Alex and um, uh, what's the big fella, big pommy guy's name? Alex and oh, I forget off the top of my head. Shout out to him anyway. Yeah, sorry, my bro. bro. So you, you get a smack in the face. All the all the trading goes at the window. You give it to the corner. What do they say to you, bro? They, they bring pissed, you back. Nah, they were put. Nah, they were like Wayne focus because they'd said to me before the fight. They said. Because in, in the camp, I had a couple of, like, brawls, you know, like in training camp. Well, like, actual brawls? Well, you know, when you get whacked in the next... Oh, and you, you just start the same going, thing happened. Yeah, you just start, like, going hammer and tongs. And that happened a couple of times in training, and, and I kind of got hit quite a lot. Who were you sparring, bro, in training? Alex and... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he, I found him hard to spar with because <laughs> he's, he's moves around. Castles, yeah. I thought... I thought of heaps and Sammy, yeah. <sighs> but, um, yeah, so... um. So they were telling me before the fight, they said, stick to your game plan. Like, you're a good boxer. Just, like, stay, you know, stay focused on, yeah. on boxing. And then uh, they went out the window. Like, he whacked <laughs> me in the nose, and I was like, Rah! How did you win? Was boy? Oh, the ref stopped it. So about it was a technical knockout. Yeah, about a minute in. Yeah, just. But just haymakers for doom. But would you do it? But, but the reason, like, yeah, I did. Yeah. Like, cause I noticed his guard was like it was real straight, like that. Yeah, so he couldn't penetrate. So, nah, so I just I was just Hooks. going around, around the side, and then I it was working, so I just kept going with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he stopped it. So. Did, did you know him, bro? No, nah, I remember his name from when I was playing in the old days, and it's funny because he went. I went. I had a season up in Northland. I played for Waipu, and he played for Waipu too. So it was real weird. We're like talking after. It's like, fuck. Yeah, you played at the same club as me. I was like. And you used to play for Coastal when I was playing for Spotty. I was like, yeah. Oh, he was shit. out of it. But we never actually kind of met before that. But he's a good fella. Yeah. Mean, bro. Yeah, no, Would you do it again? Yeah, oh, Sammy hit me up again. Ooh. Said, oh, can you, can you go again? But I, because I got injured three weeks before the fight, eh? Oh, so straight I, up? Yeah, so I wasn't using my right hand for three <laughs> weeks. 
and Sammy was giving me drugs like to get me through <laughs> to the, the fight. And then I had the fight, and because of so many haymakers, I went to get my shoulders um, checked, and like I've got nothing left in my shoulders, so it's just bone on bone now. Oh. There's no cartilage, or and I cracked my um, what do you call it, my um, uh, rotator cuff. Oh, bro! So yeah, that was before the fight. So I was on the drugs to get me through that, but I didn't want to pull out. So I just yeah. So I got the surgery, and the surgeon said like, your shoulders that naked, you should never play league again, never fight again. So that's why I said to Sammy, I'll just wait and see how my see how it goes. heals. But I want to have another one. Like, I'm keen, yeah. to, I'm keen to have another fight. But it's a commitment, eh? Like, you got to yeah. have three months. Like, I just focused on Focus that. Focus zero. Otherwise, you get a hiding, bro. But yeah. I suppose that it sort of keeps fueling that crap because you have that competitive spirit in yeah, you, bro. Yeah, you just go there. Go, go for it, bro. Like, you're either all in or all out, yeah. man. So, man, yeah. a big shout-out to, um, to Sammy and the rest of the crew. Those events have always been awesome. Massive. I remember most of them. Some I don't. Um, but they're just good fun, you know, and oh. they're good to get Taranaki out on a on a Friday or Saturday night just to have a bit of fun and see people we know in, in that space just giving it everything, eh, bro? Uh, everyone, like, if you get the opportunity to do it, do it. Yep. It's like one of those tick boxes, you know? Mean and case. I'm big on that. So, like, you know, with the kapahaka and learning to reel, like, those have always been my – so I want to stand. Like, that's why I'm so gutted we can't stand for kapa. Yeah. Because I'm just like, wow, I've always wanted to do that, you know? Yeah, bro. Oh, so, the time will we'll come, get bro. There. We'll get yeah. there. Mm. I mean, bro, well, man, it's been awesome having a quarter, bro, but we've got this thing called uh, Samson's Short Answers, bro. Okay. So I'll chuck out a few words, and you just pretty much say the first thing that comes to okay. mind, bro. So here we go. Chocolate or lollies? Lollies. Early rise or sleeping? Early rise. It's the Warriors, yeah, yes or no? No. Greatest All Black ever? Jane Alumni. Favourite band? Ooh, Steel Pulse. It's Sunday night. What is the Capofano having for tea? Roast. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Favourite Super Rugby team? Hurricane. Bench press or squat? Squat. Favourite movie? Uh, um, What's it called? Um, Saving Private Ryan. Oosh. Yeah. Celebrity crush? Jennifer Lopez. Oh! Yeah. Favourite sport to watch? Rugby league. KFC or Maccas? KFC. Facebook or Instagram? Facebook. First car you owned? Mitsubishi Magna. Oh. Favourite NRL team? North Sydney Bears. Coffee, tea, or Milo? None. One thing you can go without? Alcohol. No. <laughs> <laughs> 11 months, baby. Awesome. Months. <laughs> uh, can you play chess, bro? Nah. Wagon wheel or gambler? Wagon wheel. What's your go-to karaoke song? Ooh. Ah. Jeez, you got me We'll there. come back to that, bro. Okay, Favourite superhero? Uh, Superman. Action movie or chick flick? Action movie. What's your biggest fear? Ooh, I don't have one. Sure. Greatest ever warrior? Stacey James. Greatest ever Kiwi? Ooh, Mark Graham. Best beach in Aotearoa? Back beach, homie. Sure. State of origin, New South Wales. Yeah. What annoys you, bro? Um, The world sometimes. Sure. Greatest sporting achievement in high school? None. High school? No, I was cake in high school. <laughs> no, nothing. <laughs> what song gets you on the D floor, bro? Ooh. Um, any song. Any sure. song. First job? Uh, my first job. The milk run. Sure. Jandals or bare feet? Jandals. Movie or book? Movie. Favourite animal? Uh. Were you afraid of heights, bro, working in scaffolding? No. Nah. One superpower you could have? Uh, 
change the world. Mean kiss. Better place. Can you cook? Yeah. Bed early or night owl? Bed early. Favourite drink? Um, Sprite. Can you play guitar? No. What's your favourite go-to karaoke song? Oh, I'll use my dad's Pretty Woman. Oh, walking down the street. (laughs) My dad's one. And if there was one word that could sum you up, what would it be? Caring. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it. Mm. Mate, it's been a pleasure, privilege and honour to sit here, Mm. kanohi ki te kanohi, and basically talk about your life, bro, and the experiences that you have had. Um, I asked you if you'd be keen to come on. You're only too keen, bro. So from the bottom of my heart, um, I just want to say thank you very much. You're doing great things, not just for Māori, but for people, bro, mm-hmm. uh, in, in your mahi and in sport, and you represent your whānau with, with pride, mana, and prestige. Um, yeah, it's just been awesome, bro. Have you enjoyed it? Oh, I enjoyed it. Mean, mean, yeah. Mean, bro. Yeah, bro no, we've gone thanks up. for having me, eh? No, nah, not at all, bro. Like I said, cool like you were on my sort of list, my mental list that I'd, I'd written down and Bro, um, had just on sooner rather than later, and it's it's just been awesome to have a yarn, bro. So, yeah. um, this has been the Samson Said podcast. My name is Aiden. His name is Wayne Kappa. And Kilda Fano, thanks for listening. Cheers.